the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. And we are at the time 610 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open, one 888 Three lines open, one 888 We've been talking about Mr. Jesse Smollett and the... Um, the hoax that has apparently started to unravel by virtual of the authorities in Chicago, uh, basically uh, doing the investigative work for which they should be commended when so much money is spent on false allegations. We have a lot of that going on in our country, in our world. Um, it will happen. It may have happened to you in your own lifetime. Um, you may have perp- uh, perpetrated it and have suffered the consequences thereof as well uh, of, of being a uh, perpetrator of a hoax. It's easy to do um, if you are unprincipled. It's easy to do if you are undisciplined. If you feel like somehow you need the center of attention, all you have to do is go into any kind of building and cry fire. And people do it all the time. That's why today you can go to jail for doing it in in certain halls and and certainly on airplanes. You cry fire, fire, fire. There's a fire and there's no fire. You just wanted attention. You wanted somebody to look at you. You wanted people to pay attention to you. It's called narcissism. That's what it is. It's called narcissism. So we want to be very careful to to understand a couple things as, as I get ready to go to the phone line. I'll tell you. I, I think about where we are in our culture, and I think about the blessing of media. Uh, it has its uh, thorns and thistles without a doubt. But think about this, and this is going to segue into our dealing with this uh, mega mogul millionaire, uh, Mr. Robert Kratz, the owner of the uh, New England Patriots, and how he got caught. Because there was a time, maybe 30, 40 years ago, and uh, we know this 50, 60, 70 years ago now, don't we, that when there were no cameras around, no recordings around. A lot of people died for false allegations, didn't they? When there were no cameras around, no recordings around, depending on where you were and who you were, a lot of people could say you did something that didn't even have to be true. But because you didn't have a camera or a recording to prove what you were or not, folks went to jail. Folks died. Folks got hung. Folks were killed. Folks folks lost jobs. All because somebody said he did it and was never, ever able to prove it because there were no cameras. This is why I don't have a problem at all with cameras being everywhere because, I mean, you know, in reality, if you're a child of God, God has cameras everywhere, doesn't he? So if God has cameras everywhere, we call it his omniscience because he's omnipresent and you are walking Coram Dale that is walking in the presence of the Lord. Then there's no darkness except in your own mind. And you and I are caught already at even the thought of folly, right? For the thought of folly is sin. So you and I need to, we might as well confess, Lord, I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me and keep me back from the great transgression and presumptuous sin, because apart from your grace, there go I. But what men do, because they walk in darkness, 
They think they can hatch schemes and get away with them, but that's because they're walking in darkness. That's what this young brother did. It ought to cause us to tremble. And this is what uh, a billionaire goes down to a slutty neighborhood and engages in sex with some little poor uh, sex slave girls from China. Apparently, there was a dragnet of 24 who got caught. Other wealthy men as his case. It's amazing what, what, what the powerful will do in the dark that are just scandalous in nature. But again, apart from the grace of God, there go I. One line open, one 888 Let me go to line number three and talk with Travis in Berkeley, line number three. Travis, are you there? Yeah, good evening, Pastor Jeff. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm still on this journey. There we go. Uh, so I have, I, I have, I have two topics. Uh, one of them is kind of off topic, but it's something of importance, and the other one is kind of similar. So the first one is um, the, with the entertainment and just everything. I'm noticing that um, a lot of the violence that's on the movie and TVs and et cetera, I'm noticing how it's becoming more prevalent in society. Like I'm starting to see it myself. Like how it's actually becoming more angry. Like, Right. And just like I'm actually starting to actually experience that in my own personal life. And yeah. I'm and I and, and then it's, it woke me up to where I'm realizing, like, every time we turn on the news, the movies, the music, everything is violent. Agreed. So my question is, as a Christian, how would one navigate that? Mm-hmm. And so and, and so to, to add to that, I don't know if you are familiar with the uh, TV series or the movies, The Purge. Do you think we would ever get to a state where it would be like that? See, well, what you're doing is you're dealing with a, a philosophy or a um, concept that years ago uh, in the Clinton administration they call uh, wagging the tail, the tail wagging the dog. And that is the use of propaganda and media to begin to shape the uh, narrative that will infiltrate the thinking and the the psyche of the nation. Uh, This psychologist, demonically controlled psychologist, carnal secular psychologist, sociologist, uh, the father of 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 uh, of what they called um, uh, the father of advertisement. His 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 name be it escapes me, but it'll come to me shortly. He was the cousin of uh, of Freud, and they both figured out that human beings that are not rooted and grounded in 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 a in a concrete set of substantial morals and ethics can actually be shaped, Travis, by propaganda. He's the father of advertisement. Uh, I want to call him, it'll come back to me in a moment. But what he recognizes that, and this is what goes on in your media, uh, when people are overly exposed to news, overly exposed to images, overly exposed to uh, proposition, overly exposed to suggestive, hyper-suggestive images and repeated phrases and terms, they become like unto that which they see. This is why the old folks said long ago, and people poo-pooed it, but the problem is is that they were right, Travis, that the television is a one-eyed devil. And what it does is it looks more at you than you look at it. It actually can see you. And what the Bible talks about is the idolatry of the reciprocating relationship between the object of idolatry and the subject, the worshiper of that idolatry. And so when a man continues looking into the face of something, he becomes like it. 
When men and women worship idols, according to Psalm 115, they that worship them become like them. Idols are dead. Idols are dumb. Idols are stupid. Idols are vain. But people become like them. And today we don't have the dead idols of stone as were in the case of the Old Testament saints. Today we have living idols of men and women and children and Hollywood actors and entertainers that people are morphing into on a larger propagandized level. This is why Revelation chapter 13 plainly says, And out of the mouth of the dragon came forth blasphemies against God and against his tabernacle and against those that dwell in heaven, because the enemy knows that this is a battle of words. Please hear me now. Everything you and I are dealing with is a battle of words. And this is why on a public, on a uh, sociological, on a political level, uh, the enemy wants to stop the gospel, stop sound teaching, stop sound men, stop rational men from proclaiming truth because what we're doing when we proclaim truth is we're casting light into the darkness, exposing the principles, exposing the premise, exposing the infrastructure and the superstructure of the enemy system. And the more he can keep the gospel from being proclaimed and sound truth from being expounded, the more then he can create men and women into his own image. And Travis, you hit the $64 million question because everywhere today, People are massively distracted from being all that God has called them to be because they have now been absorbed by this cultural uh, experimentation that roots in men and women the discontentment that leads to anger and outrage. And so men and women are definitely in a context of hostility. You can see it everywhere in social media. You you read social media responses of people that have something to say about this, that, and the other thing. And the level of antipathy, the level of anger, the level of rage, the level of irrationality, and the level of incivility is off the chart. And the movie The Purge is a precursor to what could happen if somehow we were uh, completely, as it were, removed from a a sound Democratic Republican representative process of government by which we have somewhat of a say on a uh, vote level as to policies and legislation. If we get crazier than let me put it like this in terms of your second your second question and then I have to take a break here. The purge will occur spiritually as it already is when we stop acknowledging the true and the living God as the cause for everything that's made. And when we stop acknowledging that we were created in the Imago Dei, the fact that we are operating out of a spectrum of self-gender identity that is reaching the level of 100 individual individuations of who a person can say they are. When 98 of them are absolutely unverifiable and wrong and unbiblical and biologically contrary and absurd and empirically impossible to affirm. And yet that's what legislation is about to write out. And people are uh, being uh, punished for it. And teachers are losing their job. If you don't call that person what they want you to call them, even though it doesn't correspond with truth. Yeah, we're on a process of purge right now on a process of purge right now. So movies don't always intend, Travis, 
to give you an explicitly literal manifestation of a particular concept, but the underlying principles can already be working. We are in a process of being purged right now from sanity. We're being purged from civility. We're being purged from rationale. We're being purged from a biblical worldview. That's what's going on right now, and that you are catching it in yourself means that there's still some light in you, young brother, still some light in you. And how do you resolve it? It's going to require you uh, fasting from the folly and deeply drinking of the well of grace and biblical truth and asking God to restore to you a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because to what degree we look at a thing, we become like it. And so the Bible plainly says we behold with an open face the glory of the Lord. Second Corinthians 318. It's in the present participle, uh, a, a verb form, active verb form. We are beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And in beholding his glory, we are being changed into his image from glory to glory to glory to glory. Only as we keep our eyes on Christ, men and women cannot look like Christ who are not feeding on him, who are not listening to him, who are not hearing him and who are not seeing him. But we're all feeding on something, brother. We're all feeding on something. So I pray that God would grant you the grace to get back into a deep hunger and commitment to a Christocentrality so that you will be conformed into the image of Christ and not the image of the beast. Excellent questions. I got to take a break. Hmm. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. That was an excellent call. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. Now, if you guys were with me through the commercial break, you would have heard uh, one of our sages, uh, Dr. Albert Moeller, just speaking about what I have been sharing with you, the intersectional uh, intrinsic conflict in the social justice paradigm. Uh, Maria Navratilova, which was an excellent tennis player many years ago. I loved her because I love tennis. She's a Caucasian woman and she recognizes that you cannot make an equation between a natural born female woman and a transgendered male who now wants to play tennis in the uh, sphere and rim of women because that's going to be cheating. That transgendered male is still a male with all the powers of a male, just like transgendered males who are going from male to female in name are winning all kind of track races. This here is a complete farce. They jumped all over Maria, but Maria had to go back because she got hit with it because, you know, she's gay and she's been gay for a long time, but she had to come out because she recognizes she's a woman. She has that scintilla of an understanding that at the foundation level of our genetic makeup that you cannot violate the empirical truth of how we are made uh, in the name of a synthetic figmentation of what we want to be and then want to erase that distinction and make such a person as a transgender capable of dwelling in the same space with women or dwelling in the same space for men. Uh, quite interestingly, you're not going to get a bunch of transgendered women to men wanting to play sports with men. It ain't going to happen because the biological advantages of the male athlete are so absolutely superior overall in general. You're going to have one here and one there where a female can beat some men. But overall, in general, the males are going to exceed them because that's the way God made men and women. And so our sisters are recognizing now that they can't they can't swallow the pill. 
You swallow the pill, you're going to be in a delusion for the rest of your life. You got to wake up. Don't go to sleep, child of God. Don't go to sleep. You may be playing with the idolatry of homosexuality, the idolatry of lesbianism, the idolatry of fornication. You may have a real struggle with your identity, but don't go to sleep. Don't sell your soul to Babylon and start believing the lie. That's exactly what Christ warns in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And they all were damned who did not have a love for the truth, but believed a lie. God gave them over to a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And everything we're dealing with in our culture along the lines of this whole twisted social justice paradigm is rooted under lies. Be careful to know how to distinguish the truth from a lie. Don't be a promoter of the lie. The devil is the father of lies. He never abode in the truth. He never abode in the truth. You and I will never have God's favor if we erect an idol of lies. God is the one true and living God and his son, Jesus Christ, is the representative of who God is visibly. That's why he says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes unto the father, but by him, Jesus Christ is the epitome of man. And he came here to reveal what it means to live a life in union and fellowship with the true and the living God so that we are people of truth. And as people of truth, we tell the truth. We're sinners and we're broken. And we need grace and we need renewal and we need the power of the Holy Ghost and we need the word of God in our lives and we need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Christ. And men and women around us need the same thing that we need. Jesus Christ, who said, I have come that they might have life and that more abundantly to overcome what the devil is doing by stealing and killing and destroying. Let me go to line number uh, four and talk with Carmen in Redwood City. Carmen, are you there? Oh, yes, I am here. You know, I I don't know what to say. You are really preaching today. Okay. And it is fabulous because now my head is exploding because, first of all, your callers have been so fabulous, I'm intimidated. <laughs> and number two, you have said everything I've wanted to say. I feel like I'm, 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 I'm being cleansed just listening to, to rational thinking. For well, a praise God. Praise God. Ooh. What's your thoughts? Now, let me, so I've been all over the place just listening to the show, but I'm trying to focus. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not too concerned uh, with uh, Mr. Kraft. Right. Uh, he's a man, or uh, he went, he should have known better that he'd be on tape somewhere, but uh, I'm not too concerned. that He didn't know about, I don't think he's being accused of knowing about the, the sex trade mm-hmm. uh, thing mm-hmm. aspect. I think he was just going and doing what men have done, and I'm not condoning it. As a Christian, no, you just know you know that it is what it is, and it has been that way since the fall of man, right? Yes. Okay, so let me say one little smidgen, and then you can go back. The okay. reason, the reason why I would equate these two as object lessons for us, uh, Carmen, is because Jesse Smollett represents the starting of a person's life, and Mister Kratz represents the ending of a person's life. And what I am teaching us is that. To start right uh, prepares you for success, but one can be ostensibly successful in a bunch of ways and then not finish well, not finish well. And all the good you may have done uh, over the years of your becoming a, a multimillionaire can be completely wiped out by the disgraceful act that comes with presuming that just because you're wealthy and rich that you're not accountable. And and so I, because I'm 60, almost 60 years old, I'm saying to my brothers and sisters my age, we need to be just 
just as careful about finishing well in order to leave a legacy for our families because what we do, Carmen, still matters. It doesn't matter how old we are. Well, you know, you said it earlier so beautifully. Yep. You said, don't ever take off the armor of God. Amen. Don't, don't think for a minute you can survive if you're 30 or like ju- Juicy or just Jossie, yep. whatever it is, or uh, Kraft. Uh, it doesn't matter. Without that armor, you are nothing. I now agree. you know this. I grew up at a time. I think that when women started to to, and it's wonderful. I'm I, I'm for women's rights. Absol- and, absolutely. And but what happened is uh, at the expense of men. Yep. So men all of a sudden felt on the defensive constantly. Yep. So I think you 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 know you you don't want to bring yourself up by putting someone down. Nope. It's not a good thing. And so you have generations of men who feel uh, 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 disenfranchised, whatever the word is in American. But, you know, and, and now with Jesse, I think he was told that uh, his, his, they may be writing him out. He was angry. And, you know, it, it's, this, it's this thing of, of, of I, 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 you know, how dare you do this to me. Right. The sense of, that, of, of all of that. But, but it, it, it scares me because even if you go back in the black... The poor, you know, these young black men, I think, have been dealt such a horrible thing. Now, I, I am all for hip-hop and all of that, and, 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 and I love music. But this whole thing of the, uh, the, uh, Satan going in and saying, you know what, uh, you can get cred, go out and shoot somebody, go out and join the gang, and, and let the cartels tell you to sell guns and drugs. This will make you a man. No, it does not make you a man. Come to God, as you said it so beautifully. God was a, he was a, the, the, the epitome of a man. Yep. Jesus was a man. So uh, these poor kids who, who don't feel they have any real chance, you know, maybe if they're lucky they can play basketball or something. But then Satan comes in and says, well, kill each other. Yep. You know, join gangs and shoot each other. And then they have the culture of the music and all of that. And and it's great music, and they're real artists. But it it plays in, and then you have the women who are becoming empowered, and then you sit, you hit the head, and then the the gender thing, Martina Navratilova. Oh, Lova, you 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 feel like you're just going to lose your mind. Yeah, I now mean, don't lose your mind, girl. You got to keep that. That's God gave that to you for a gift, <laughs> along with <laughs> uh, along with me as well. And here's what I would say before I let you go on that very excellent analysis that you gave. You are thinking Christianly. What I what I try to do on this show, um, and, and and it's a small window, but I I, I think I do at least contribute to um, forcing the believer to think critically and to think uh, consistently coherent, because I recognize that our present world. Particularly, the, its 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 philosophy and its worldviews are actually self contradicting, and this is it's just showing up even more and more. Some of us knew this long ago. I mean, many decades ago, Carmen, we could see the trend of uh, secularism. We could see the trend of existentialism. We could see the trend of a kind of uh, vacuous uh, notion of self being the center of the universe as ultimately betraying itself. And so I use the term because of all of this social justice uh, identity politics that basically is creating the narrative today of what I call an intersectional, 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 uh, intrinsic conflict. Uh, um, it's a syndrome. And what that means is, uh, as you notice, Maria Navratilova 
recognized that she was pioneering in her day as a great tennis player, but she was female. Her only stigma was she knew in her day that the moral standard and compass of the time wasn't accepting gay women. Now that it has, she didn't know that that pendulum was going to swing past gays and go into transgender. Now that we are in transgender, the intersectionality of this whole social justice uh, melee is causing inner conflict between the women. You just identified the conflict between men and women. This is by design. Men are backing up. Men are shrinking away. Men are missing in action. Men are fearful because women are making more money than men. Women are being more vocal than men. Men are still paying for the sins of the past. Men are troubled because they're not rooted and grounded in truth. They don't know how to walk in dignity. They don't know how to walk in integrity. They're being confused to the degree that they are losing their own real Imago Day and identity as as males and are flip-flocking back and forth between, you know, feminine and, and masculine because they're afraid to be strong, godly, uh, uh, women-loving and daughter-loving and son-loving men as we ought to be. So that world that I recognize that's out there clamoring for its own little piece of the pie is now starting to intrinsically go to war with each other. That system is a Babylonian system designed to collapse in on itself. And this is why the believer cannot fall prey to the perilous pendulum of left-right arguments. We have to be believers consistently, recognize the flaws across the board, and make sure we consistently give the answer to the problem. And that answer is Christ. That answer is the Word of God. That answer is a repentance and faith in the only person that can deliver us up out of the brokenness of what the old scholars have called the damnable doctrine of humanism, because that's where we are in our culture today. Humanism is a godless, self-centered system that ultimately will collapse in on itself. And we're seeing some of that today with the infighting going on in all these different groups. And uh, I'm saying to the Christian, your identity is rooted in who Jesus Christ is nowhere else. Your femininity, your masculinity is not a social construct. It is a biblical mandate that we walk in and we get our marching orders, orders and model from the word of God and the person of Christ and godly men and women who have come along throughout all of human history to keep the lights on in this dark world. And to the degree that the enemy can push us back and make us question whether or not the Bible is the veritable, inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God and whether or not Jesus Christ is exactly who he said he is and whether or not the glorious God, the heavenly father is who he said he is and whether or not there is a powerful spirit of God that works in our lives to make us new creatures in Christ. Where we begin to question the gospel, the enemy gains the day. If we stand still and behold the glory of the Lord, if we keep the armor on, the full armor of God, we will survive the onslaught of wickedness that is seeking to swallow up our culture. But as Christ made it very clear, if you are my disciples, you will continue in the truth. And the truth shall set you free. If you're not, you're going to be swallowed up by lies. Thank you for the call. I'm going to take a break. I got to take a break. I'm sorry. I got to take a break. When I come back, I'll get um, our callers on... uh, on line one, line three, we can get to you guys. One line open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back.
And now back to Lifeline. We are back the time, 645 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me go to line number two and talk with James from the Bay. Line number two with James from the Bay. James, are you there? Yeah, yeah, PJ. How you doing, sir? I'm great, man. Long time no here. What you up to? Oh, man, I'm making my way back out that way. Things is going on, but, you know, we'll catch up. Yeah, yeah. But, you What's know, your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. But, but For sure. But what I did was at the beginning on your intro, I, I wanted to uh, the, the, the challenge you on your description. Now, if I heard it correctly when you were describing uh, then who was Jesse and then who uh, was Robert Kraft, I thought I heard you made reference to Jesse being a typical young black American, you know, growing up. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. If you use the word typical, I would have my argument would be that he's far from typical, typical as far as young black men because he's in Hollywood and he's living an alternative, you know, lifestyle, essential immoral, I mean, immoral, all the, you know, all the same, but that's, I wouldn't say he was typical of young uh, black men today. I would. Let me see if I can make the, yeah, definitely. Let me see if I can make the distinction so that we don't get in trouble. Um, From a biblical standpoint, from a biblical standpoint, the difference that you're making does not have a substantial distinction behind it because he's just a sinner, just like you and I are. It doesn't matter if he's in Hollywood or if he's in West Oakland. Um, the small measure of privilege that you and I might categorize as different than growing up in the hood doesn't actually play a role in the moral ethical um, uh, mandate that's given to him to to behave in a manner that would uh, would be commendable. In other words, somebody could call in, James, and challenge you on the assumption that his lifestyle and his privileges um, um, do not um, do not do not abrogate um, uh, his responsibility for being moral and ethically uh, right, and that people, even in that culture, whether they're homosexual or are are transgendered or whatever, and being black or being male or being female, uh, doesn't take them out of the category of being a common human being with the same responsibility of uh, as a young person doing what I said, and that is starting well, working their way up the ladder becoming successful and then leaving a model for the downline um, while you are making a distinction that I want to respect. It's, it's a distinction with very little difference. And I, I think we want to be very careful not to give him um, a different status than we would a, an individual who may have grown up in the hood as you and I are. And this is where I'm going to put it. and I'll let you respond to it. Uh, and that's why I called him normal because I know his background. I, I I did the research on him. He he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been much more different than my kids. Uh, by hard work, I was able to raise my kids up in a middle class status. It didn't make them uppity. It didn't make them self righteous. It didn't make them better than others. It did make them uh, slightly different in their nuanced uh, perspective and uh, mannerisms than you and I growing up in the hood. My kids knew nothing about West Oakland, East Oakland. And Hunter's Point, they knew not, nothing about East Palo Alto. They no, knew nothing about all of the, you know, very difficult hoods that you and I are, are, have have frequented and know very well. My kids knew nothing of that. And yet 
my kids still were African-American. They were still growing up in the Bay Area. They're still very, very much aware of all of the challenges that people have gone through. And they can identify with both sides of that culture. Uh, our folks that grew up in the hood, we had plenty good people that grew up understanding boundaries, understanding morals, understanding ethics, understanding hard work, understanding meritocracy. James, they they had it on that side. They have it in the middle upper class. So I need you to uh, to be able to defend your argument that he was uh, he was not just a, a normal young African American male uh, of any substantial uh, uh, difference by which I would be. Willing to retract that kind of uh, framework that I put on him, I didn't want to give him any credit for being unusual. Okay, well, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as unusual, but I and, and, and I understand your argument, but I guess not trying to separate how we grew up or people growing up today from what maybe he was experiencing in Hollywood, because I guess my thing is, even on the other end, I mean, as far as Larry Craft is concerned, they're living, it doesn't excuse their behavior, their responsibility, but I think in the arenas that they live in, it does make it a lot more challenging because of just their surroundings, because it's a, I mean, would you agree with me that their environments that they live in can be somewhat different or not given to, not what we're accustomed to, but when you're in Hollywood, that's a whole different mindset than from growing up like we grew up. I didn't know anybody uh, growing up that was, like I say, uh, what's the term for them? They were were young uh, child prodigies or what have you. I, I didn't know any. Right. war in Hollywood. And it just seems to me that that would sort of shape or affect their upbringing, especially if they didn't come from a godly background from where what we were used to. Like I said, we grew up in the hood, but maybe the hood wasn't enough because of our parents. Maybe, I mean, some of us, even in it, like I say, even growing up where we grew up, we all had different experiences. Uh, right. I might have been a sheltered in, but right. others may have experienced a bit more. And I guess that was the perspective I was coming at, but I definitely uh, understand more clearly uh, where you're coming from. Right, and, and, and so what I didn't want to do, because I had, and I know I have a large audience of people on all spectrums listening, uh, and I wish I had time, probably won't have, a, have really get much time to deal with Brandon, because he's on the line too, but I may, maybe uh, I'll be able to get with him, uh, because I do know that what Jesse did was take advantage of the present larger social narrative. Um, the world, in one real sense, particularly through media, social media, uh, ha- has now become a flat plane of a village. Uh, we are no, no longer isolated. The poorest of the poor in some of our more poverty-stricken countries are very much now aware of all of the media frenzy um, that's going on. I mean, and I'm talking about sub-Saharan Africa. I'm talking about Uganda. I'm talking about uh, areas in Africa where they are still uh, living in villages, but they have cell phones, and so they have connection to the outside world that if you look at them, they're still wearing their indigenous clothing in a scantily fashioned way but to prejudge our African brothers 
or even our um uh our brothers and sisters living uh in in, in Papua New Guinea or um in the Amazon who have access to our world media they talk like us they think like us because the world is flat now education is ubiquitous in that in that way I, I'm here to tell you that that's the case and I think what Jesse did was simply take advantage of and here's the way that I put it if I if I could find my notes the way that I put it is that Jesse was a privileged young man and that would actually speak to mm-hmm. the distinction that you're talking about a privileged young man that got trapped in an overambitious scheme of narcissism Mm. But okay. we could have that. That I knew brothers in the hood, James, who were narcissistic. Mm. I knew brothers in the hood who lived in a kind of uh, uh, Romeo Juliet uh, fantasy world, who lived in a in a superfly fantasy world, who didn't ever get outside of West Oakland, but thought they knew everything about the world, and they were, you know, manipulators and cons and slick with their words. I knew them, uh, and so it really didn't require that they had had either. A geographical broadness or even a a, a social uh, experience uh, on an experiential level with people that were middle class and upper class. If if a man or a woman, you know, is able to just begin to imagine themselves to be more than what the Bible says we are, as Romans 12 says, let no man think of themselves more highly than that which is written. And this is where our world gets into trouble when somebody tries to tell you you're something that you're not and that if you haven't worked hard to become what you are calling yourself that you are, <clears throat> then you're perpetrating a fraud. And I think that with Jesse uh, Smollett, he just got full of himself. And, and, and Lord knows you and I know uh, lots of people growing up in the hood that were full of themselves. And so we had those categories there, good, moral, Christian men and women in the hood. And then we had those other people that the moment they opened their mouth, uh, we had to uh, start turning the other way because we know they were manipulating and lying. This is all a matter of, of personal self-deception. It doesn't matter what what world we're in. And so that's what I meant by him being a normal young man. When I listen to him talk, I go, Okay, I can hear that. I can hear that kind of conversation and thought process taking place from brothers in the hood. I can hear it. But I do appreciate I really do. I do appreciate uh, your call, first of all, because you're always thoughtful um, and that, you know, there might have been a subtle difference between a person growing up in the hood and a person growing up in Hollywood, here would be the subtle difference. And I'll just close out with you for today because I just don't have time. I'd love to actually get in it and engage with Brandon, but it's not going to happen because we only got five minutes to go. Here's the subtle difference um, uh, with him being, you know, uh, part black, part, car- part Caucasian, as uh, it's very evident that 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 element is there. We had that in the hood as well. But him being him growing up in Hollywood and having some of the privileges that uh, that that people people living in that culture did um, and then him actually actually making it into Hollywood well you know how people get this is why I'm saying this is a classic nar- narcissistic selfish sort of overly ambitious notion uh, and, and, and uh, quite frankly I, I wish I did have time to listen to some of my homosexual brothers or some of my gay sisters to call in and talk about how stupid and crazy people in their culture are along these same lines I wish I had time to, to have them to call in and say hey PJ you know listen man l- we got stupid crazy people narcissistic 
narcissistic, uh, self-consumed, you know, self-driven, self-ambitious people in our communities, too, that we can't stand because they think it's all about them. So uh, really, the only reason that you and I would be talking about the gay component with uh, Jesse is because he used it as a political platform to lie about issues that are way too important to be lying about. He sold his own uh, malehood out. He sold his own own blackness out in order to try to raise himself to another level and secure him some income somewhere else. This leads to a deeper analysis, Brother James, of what's going on with him emotionally, psychologically, that he didn't have enough rooting and grounding in, in himself to believe that he was confident to be able to make it out in other spaces besides empire. Are you there? I am there. I'm with you. Absolutely. Right, right. So so I'm standing back. I'm standing back and I'm looking at Jesse like a father would look at a son and say, okay, so so uh, where did my boy make a left turn? Where did my son make a, a, a wrong turn? Where where did he sit down with a group of people like you and I know? Uh, and he 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 discovered that he didn't have the no factor. Let me go ahead on and, and preach the no factor to us while I got two minutes. The no factor is the integrity of being able to say no to things that we know are not true about God, not true about ourselves and not true about others. It's Psalm one, verse one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scorners. Blessed is the man that knows how to say no to the ungodly counsel, no to the uh, counsel of the uh, of the wicked, no to the scorning of those who sit in judgment over against God and righteousness. Where did he fail to realize that he was supposed to say no to a bunch of people sitting around saying to Jesse Smollett, man, you're all that in a bag of chips. You so bad, brother, you can concoct you a scheme and, and, and use it to get rich and wealthy and famous. All you need is a following on on. On, on Facebook and you move into the next level. He heard some BS like that and it sold him out to do what he did. And now it's backfiring. That could have happened to any one of our kids. Yep. Could have happened to you right. and me. Absolutely. And that's why God wow. allows these yeah. things to happen. So we can have an example. We can really wind it down, brother. We're getting ready to wind it out. Thank you for the the call. I'm looking forward to seeing you. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus made it very clear. If you are my disciples, you will continue in the truth. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not an easy journey, but it's a secure journey. And it's a sure journey. And you're going to take some hits. But in the end, it'll be worth it all. Until next time, God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.